Well, hello everyone. This is a special episode of Cursed or Blurst. It's been a minute since you've seen us last. So, just a heads up for this episode, we recorded it over a little thing you may have heard of called Zoom. It wasn't our usual audio setup, it was uh, in separate rooms on opposite sides of the world, and if it sounds a little tinny, uh, the audio quality is not as good as previous episodes. Um, Apologies for that, you can still hear us, but hopefully next time we do a special episode we'll have a better audio system in place. Um, But in the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy us trying to make sense of what's one of the most baffling films I've seen in a while. Girl Boss. Gate like gas keep. <laughs> Zigs and zags only. It doesn't make sense. Wait, that's, I'm not going to make a good sound. We're just going to have to go with that. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, we're back. <laughs> You thought we were gone, but we're back. <laughs> you know how we promised we'd be back for the Eurovision Song Contest? Uh, we didn't do that. We both watched it. I made copious notes, and then I'm... we just didn't record an episode on it. I made an algorithm. <laughs> I didn't make an algorithm. I copied the algorithm from the previous year. Uh, I think partly this was my fault. Mostly it was my fault because I tried to get too many people involved in collecting data and then people just weren't updating. My dad was meant to put his his notes on there. Things got all a bit datary. Life came at me fast. Uh, I mean, I was moving to a new apartment during that time so that was a bit of a a mess as well i have the data but i wrote it in a notebook instead of putting it online on the spreadsheet so like i did it but then didn't put it where it belonged (laughs) (laughs) and uh, since then i've not watched a movie i mean in shannon's absence i've just not watched a movie no, I mean, I, I marathoned Lord of the Rings with my partner, and I kind of think that's it. <laughs> we haven't been to the movies, because I fear the movies. Um, yeah, that's I, it. I did try and watch a few good movies, like at the cinema, and it just felt wrong. Not because of the COVID risk, just because just <sighs> watching movies that are good. Nah, no. that's not no. This reunion episode is the first time I've watched a cursed or blurred movie with someone that, that wasn't Illy's. Um, I watched it with my partner, um, and he asked, is this what it's like for all of your movies for this podcast? <laughs> and, like, honestly, yes. <laughs> We're halfway through. You feel like you've only ever watched the movie and your life has only been this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the complete brain melt that you get when watching these things. I watched it by my sweet self um, with takeout and booze as per usual. But uh, You gotta. Yeah, it, it felt like the good old times again. Um, we did- I, I watched it. I watched a movie for class recently called AI, Artificial Intelligence, because for some reason they needed both the acronym and the full word. 
And this movie came out the same year as Fellowship of the Ring. And it seemed like it came out 30 years beforehand. (laughs) Um, It was the strangest movie I've ever watched. And I felt like wrong watching it without you and watching it for like an academic endeavor. It just was the longest movie of all time. And God, I wish we'd watched it for this podcast instead of for the class I'm teaching. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm struggling to recall movies that I've watched full stop. I mean, my, my viewing habits have just become deranged. I've been watching Strictly Come Dancing. What is that? What is that? I'm having opinions on celebrities dancing. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. We can't be having that. Um, by the way, if you're listening in and think this sounds tinny as hell, it's because we're on Zoom, which I don't know if you've heard of Zoom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty niche. It's, it's very useful if you're trying to call someone who's not where you are. Not like anyone needs that nowadays. Um, or has needed it in the past like two years or so. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of this thing called s- s- Skype, Skype, Skypey, Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom came and killed Skype in cold blood. It's true, it did, and Skype deserved it. <laughs> Skype did deserve it, and Zoom s- took the skin off Skype's corpse and used it as a coat. Yeah, as a I've still got a class on Zoom this semester. Um, cause it's like a one-on-one directed readings and like, why would you commute for an hour long conversation with one person? Um, and I gotta say, I'm glad that I was not actively doing school during the height of the pandemic. Mm. My class with other people is in person and I am grateful. I'm teaching a class that is, oh, if any of my students are listening in, um, Why? If any of my students are listening in, you have readings to do. The exam is soon. <laughs> my, so we've been a hybrid. So we've been in person. And then if students want to, they can tune in via Teams, which means in person, we have to have Teams up on the big computer in the room. And then the lecturer is also online. So I've been going around with like a little microphone, like pointing it at students so they can ask questions so the online students can hear, like I'm some sort of like runner at like a... <laughs> situation ours is like all in person and like if one of my students can't make it I email them notes yeah it's been weird it's been weird being in the front of the class with like still a mask on um I'm a very loud person though so it's been it's been fine Mm -hmm. um learning people's names though in a lecture when everyone is wearing a mask and sometimes it's in different places (laughs) Don't do that to me. Wear the same sweater every week. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy wearing a mask at work because people can't tell if I'm laughing at them. (laughs) Not at work. I don't laugh at people at work, but on the bus I will, you know? Mm, Yeah. Um, And uh, I I have dead eyes, so no one can tell. No one can tell, yeah. No one can tell in it. When I'm laughing. My glasses are transitions, so they're often shaded. Mm. And yeah, I feel like sunglasses and transition glasses kind of look, um, you've got to sort of like 
cool detachment about you you know not that when I'm wearing like it's winter in Canada now which is where I am um I want to wear like a hat and my glasses and a mask and like headphones on the bus I feel like I've entered the fifth dimension yeah <laughs> it's just kind of like weird sensory distortion where yeah, I mean one of those like floating sensory deprivation <laughs> I always am just worried that I'm going to get like Regina George by a bus. <laughs> it's a risk. <laughs> Spoiler for Mean Girls. Um, mm-hmm. Regina turns into a bus. <laughs> Didn't we watch Mean Girls for this podcast already? Like, watch our old episodes. We did Mean Girls and Heathers, right? We did. <laughs> it took five years of my life. <laughs> it did. <laughs> And it was another, I think one of those movies, Heather's was another movie that mentioned uh, podcast favorite book, Moby Dick. Which I still haven't read. I'm going to get my PhD in English having never read Moby Dick. You know what we could do? We could both read Moby Dick and do a cast of love. <laughs> I mean, we could. I'd be like, I really enjoyed the bit where the whale ate the people and they got spat out by the whale by making it sneeze because they lit a fire. Um, and because of that, I'm going to call it blessed. I legitimately had to talk about Pinocchio with my students in class the other day and I could only think about our very first episode, which was on Pinocchio. <laughs> it really, like the, we watched a clip in class and it was the clip where they make the whale sneeze and I just I couldn't think of anything else other than like, this is the plot of Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the movie that we watched this week is actually Moby Dick. <laughs> the whole, we just like listen to the audiobook of the novel. That's all we did. I liked it when the whale did a song. <laughs> Moby Dick is actually a musical for those of you who aren't aware. And if you think I'm wrong, have you read Moby Dick? Like, have you? Do you know it's not a musical? Are you sure? Books can be musicals. There'll be a bit where it's just lyrics, and then in italics before the lyrics, it's like, this is a song now. And they'll have the score, like, in there with the notation and everything, and you got to pluck it out on the piano while you're reading. Oh, yeah. Grab your nearest instrument, start playing along, piece it together. That's just what Victorian novels are. And when and when I was reading, I was reading it on uh, on on the train. It was very embarrassing for me because I just had to sing the whale song just so I could know what it sounded like. So I was there, complete silence, and then I was like, "Hello, my name will be the whale. <laughs> Listen to me, I've got a Moby tail." <laughs> it's illegal to read the book without singing the song. It is illegal to, and people don't know this, but the Wellerman song off of TikTok actually comes from Moby Dick. <laughs> Yeah, it's in Moby Dick. They wrote it and the notes and everything. Mm, It's on page 500 and a lot of people don't get that far. There once was a whale called Moby Dick. (laughs) He'll eat your boat and make you sick. (laughs) (laughs) Rest in peace, Stephen Sondheim. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a really inspiring musical though. (laughs) So, Elise, what are we back here for? Why are we doing this, our first reunion episode, even though it was meant to be our second? I just told people we're doing Moby Dick starring James Corden. 
<laughs> Sorry. I'll, uh, I'll get back on track. We watched Cruella 2021. This is an addendum to our 101 Dominations episode. Yes. Um, and oh boy. <laughs> we didn't know that they were making this movie when we made the um, 101 Dalmatians um, episodes, which was already a bit of a trip. I don't think we enjoyed either of those films. No, I don't think we did either. They were... I, I kind of thought the animated one would be good and the live action one would be bad, but they were both like deeply confusing in multiple ways. Yep. And neither of them left me wondering what is Cruella DeVille's backstory? What in her life led to her wanting to murder a hundred puppies? And if that's your question, the movie Cruella will not answer it. <laughs> <laughs> it will relentlessly refuse to even entertain the question. Well, it, okay, you say that, but I remember a friend of mine saw Cruella when it was out and told me that it explains her hatred of Dalmatians because Dalmatians killed her mum. And I was like, no, I know a jape when I see one. You're yanking my chain, you're pulling my leg. Um, but they weren't. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> was- I think the weirdest part is that yes the plot point that Dalmatians push Cruella's mother off a cliff does exist (laughs) um but also is like like Cruella adopts all three of those same Dalmatians by the end of the movie as her own pets so no it doesn't explain anything it's like here's the reason never mind (laughs) (laughs) Like they're the same three dogs, right? I mean, I guess the dogs would be a bit old by then, but the timeline is unclear. But if the dog was like one years old when they killed the, the mom. Yeah, let's rewind and not go into this right in the middle of the movie. Uh, long time. I'm, I'm pouring more wine if anyone can hear that because I need it. Oh, necessary. Long time listeners to the podcast might think wait, why are you not covering the plot in with the countdown music in the background? There's a reason. It's because the plot... Mm. <laughs> I don't... I watched it less than a week ago, and I've got nothing. I, I couldn't explain the plot if I tried. <laughs> I would say this is... A, the plot is, like, on the scale of what, like, what and why as the most recent Jurassic Park film. Yeah, yeah, easily. With the haunted it's house. Zag and uh, zigs and zags only. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it starts, I guess, with Cruella as a, a child. She's like a being born in the first scene. Um, she has one side of her hair is white and one side is black, and society hates her. <laughs> So her mother decides to have her killed. <laughs> Wait. Oh yeah, that sister is true. You don't learn that at the beginning, but it is canon. <laughs> and I think it goes down in Disney history as the most evil, one of the most evil acts. 
hang on a second is this true is it one of the most evil things a villain has done i mean a lot of them do murder or attempt murder but a baby that is theirs kill their own baby after they are born i mean frollo sets fire to paris frollo does no this isn't the musical version like the stage musical hunchback of notre dame frollo says to kill quasimodo as an infant but (laughs) ends up not doing that but i don't think that's actually in the movie they might as well have put it in the movie because he does commit genocide in the movie yeah he does so (laughs) i i do think frollo like still wins but I think this is the most, like, buried the lead evil act. It's just, like, slipped in there two-thirds of the way through the movie as though, like, of course this happened at the beginning. Actually, this baby was born with, like, an odd colored hair, and so her mother ordered her killed. (laughs) Passed her over to the butler and was like, kill my baby, weren't you? Thank you. And the butler was like, no. <laughs> Butler gives the baby to a, a staff member who works. Of some kind. Yeah. And then she raises Cruella, whose actual name is Estella. But because she's a little bitch, she's got a nickname, which is Cruella. And then the, the, real, the birth mother um has the adoptive mother pushed off a cliff by Dalmatians and that is not fake it sounds fake but I promise it's not (laughs) uh Cruella then runs away to old London town (laughs) well everyone sounds like this they do can we take this time to talk about Emma Stone's accent in this movie because what the fuck (laughs) I think I could do a more convincing London accent than Emma Stone I don't know what she's aiming for because like okay she grows up outside of London and goes to a private school so I can imagine like her having quite a received pronunciation BBC accent and then she moves to London and is adopted by Jasper and Horace, who are like little baby crooks. And mm. then I guess it's Cockney for a bit. And she kind of talks like this. Oh, hello. My name's Estella. It kind of sounds like she's right. <laughs> forcing all of her words out of her nose. <laughs> yeah. Anita, I, darling. <laughs> just as just as a little aside I think it's really funny that the movie was like she's childhood friends with Jasper and Horace who are basically her family who in the animated movie she treats like shit like 100% of the time like in the animated movie they're clearly like a hired help that she does not care about just henchmen who drive a truck and she's like you imbeciles and that's yeah but she's bedonking Jasper in this movie yeah definitely i don't know if they're together but they've definitely you know yeah they've canoodled it's very much implied and who uh, who would blame her i was very distracted by jasper in this movie i was not but i respect you (laughs) and your choices (laughs) (laughs) so she grows up as a thief alongside these two and they do heists and she oh she likes designing fashion so she, she makes costumes for their heists and there's two gotta, 
sidekick dog. Not one sidekick dog, but two. See, this is where we diverge because I feel like the sidekick dogs were the only characters I liked in the movie. <laughs> I didn't like anyone else. I thought the little dog with the eye patch, whose name was Wink, um, was very cute. Um, and the, I don't remember the name of her dog. Mm. There was another one, Mark. <laughs> I thought they were cute. And the only characters whose motivations I did not question. <laughs> I was sat there the whole time wishing that the dogs could speak. Which is, this was our issue with the live action early 2000s, 101 Dalmatians, where like the dogs are the main characters, but they just don't speak. <laughs> so you just have these like long protracted scenes of silence. Uh, whereas in the animated movies, the dogs can actually talk. Yeah. The humans just can't understand them. I have to just admit something to you. I only just said that I wanted the dogs to speak to bait you into going off about how you famously hate it when animatronic animals talk. I hate it. I hate it when you like... When they animate the mouths of real dogs to make them speak. And we've talked about this in our Cats and Dogs episode. In our, and we didn't get to talk about it in our 101 Dalmatians episode, but honestly, it would have been better. And you code babe. <laughs> it freaks me out. I don't, I can't. <laughs> I just, if you want your animals to talk, make an animated movie. Animation isn't evil. It is a beautiful art <laughs> that you can make, actually, if you are a movie executive. You can decide to make your movie animated, and in which case your animals can talk. Puppets. <laughs> no puppets. <laughs> Animation. Unless they're Muppets. Muppets are allowed. Muppets are allowed. What about the little goblins in Labyrinth? Oh, goblins and Labyrinth are Muppets. We've talked about this. We have. How soon I forget. Because they're Jim Henson creations, which makes them Muppets. I recently watched Muppets Christmas Carol, and I reaffirm my love for Muppets and my hatred for all other puppets. <laughs> um, there, there are no puppets in Cruella, though. No. For better or Only life. dogs that do not speak. And... <laughs> unfortunate human characters and i made a note when i was watching it that emma stone when she's estella and has like red hair to hide her like black and white hair situation has never looked more like zoe deschanel that is true her fashion is on point though Mm mm-hmm I gotta give it to the fa- okay. I've gotta give it to like halfway to the fashion designer of this because I think Estella looks great basically all the time. Yeah. I think the Baroness, who is spoilers, Estella's real mother and also the villain, <laughs> and also clearly attempting to be the same character as Miranda Priestly from The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Um, I think all of her outfits are bad. <laughs> yeah. Emma Thompson has such a, who plays the Baroness. I love Emma Thompson. She has an amazing stage presence. She's a great actress and she deserved better. She chewed as much scenery as she was given. 
And I, I think that's the only choice you have in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what confuses me is that Cruella as Estella, sorry, as a kid, was at the Baroness party and surely recognizes the Baroness. Yeah. And yet forgets this entirely. Yeah. By the time she's in London, she's like, oh, I idolize this Baroness lady who is a fashion designer and I want to work for her. And she gets a job in um, Liberties um, and vandalizes the shop front um, in a sort of punky way. And the Baroness is like, I'm going to hire that urchin. <laughs> and they don't recognize each other. <laughs> Yeah, because she is at the Baroness's party, and this is what gets her interested in fashion. Here's what interests me about the plot. Young Estella is at this party with the Baroness where her mother dies, and she sees fashion and gets interested in it. But instead of then being like Estella goes to London and goes to like fashion school... Um, which seems to me to be the natural choice for her character. She becomes a petty thief in London um, (laughs) with Horace and Jasper as her like erstwhile found family, which does not make sense extrapolating from their relationship in the film because she's awful to them. And anything from the animated film. Nothing... Nothing in that film suggests that she is anything other than someone who has made a lot of money in the fashion industry. Like, even the idea that she's part of the fashion industry is from the early 2000s live action film. That's not actually in the animated film. She just wants the puppies to make a coat in the animated film. You're so right. Like, I think it's a natural extrapolation that she's somehow involved in the fashion industry, but like, that's not actually in the original film. Hmm. She just wants them. She just likes coats, I guess, in the animated film, like her, her motives are not in any way explored. (laughs) Um, Need to be, to be honest. But, like, the, the early 2000s film is, like, clearly taking inspiration from The Devil Wears Prada to create this, like, high fashion intrigue with Cruella, which I think makes sense and is, like, a fine thing to put on her character. But, like, what of that character makes you think that she's, like, grown up as a petty thief, you know? <laughs> It's because the only way you can have shifty morals is if you were a thief in old London town. Of course. It's the Oliver Twist story. Yeah, this is why I'm a good person, because I've not ever tried to be a thief in old London town. And it was an option available to you as a British citizen. You got a a questionnaire at the age of, of 10, do you want to be a thief in old London town? And you said, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the kids said yes. They were just, you know, put on a bus, on a coach, sent off to old London town, and they're pickpockets now. <laughs> you wear the little, the little newsies cap and you run around being a pickpocket. Like, it's... Yeah. It's like take your kid to work day. Like that's your other option is go become a pickpocket in London. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Artful Dodger just chose that life, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 
he was at school and then the uh, the pickpocket recruitment guy came along and was like old dodge do you want to go to old london town be a pickpocket and he was like why the hell not it sounds like a valid career option you decided against it i and here you are now that's why yeah i i thought it's tempting i've always wanted to pick a pocket or two however i want to be a tundra ecologist <laughs> Sorry. And the two careers are just incompatible. Because yeah. if you become a pickpocket in old London town, you eventually have to be a fashion designer. <laughs> exactly. Which is lucrative, sure, but it it's is. a cutthroat industry and I don't want in. No, it's true. It's very cutthroat and you could end up being pushed off a cliff by Dalmatians. <laughs> <laughs> That's a risk that you run. Exactly. Whereas in my current job, the risk I have is that a bear might eat me. Um, <laughs> I have a high risk of paper cuts in my current job. <laughs> I've got a bit of carpal tunnel from um, coding too much. Mm-hmm. It's always a risk. tunnel if you're a pickpocket. There's a lot True. of action there. Mm-hmm. You can't, no one else can see this, but you can see I'm doing a sort of velociraptor claw thing. <laughs> Velociraptor is excellent pickpockets. That's why they breed them in Jurassic Park. Chris Pratt's training them to be pickpockets. For all yeah. This is the plot of Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you notice if you're being pickpocketed by a velociraptor? I don't think so. I think you'd only notice the velociraptor. They're built in distraction. My nanny, I said, <laughs> I was going to say nan, but I never called her nan. I called her nanny. But I'm worried that by calling her nanny, people are going to assume that I had a Mary Poppins style nanny. I didn't. I just had a grandmother. Mm-hmm. I'll start the sentence again. My nanny was in London with my mum. I think before I was born and a pickpocket, this is an old London town. A pickpocket came up. This is true, by the way. Um, and was like reaching into her pocket and she grabbed him by the wrist and like just squeezed his hand until he dropped it. And then he ran off. And I can imagine her doing the same with a velociraptor. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I can imagine it. For me, it depends if I did that or not would depend on what was taken from my pocket. Because if it was my phone, I would try and get that back for sure. But I have a lot of things in my pocket that I just need to throw in the bin. If it's like old gum, like receipt, mm-hmm. they'd be doing me a favor. That's true. You do have a lot in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And every time winter rolls around and I put a coat on that I've not worn for a bit, I'm like, oh, a cable. <laughs> A set of headphones. <laughs> yeah. My bus pass. A 20 pound note. <laughs> you know, I did find my bus pass the other day, actually. It was in my oh, high Oh, well, that's where it would be. <laughs> in case I needed it on the Cairngorm Plateau. Yeah, of course. That's where the buses are. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Cruella. Cruella. What was your most what the fuck moment in Cruella? I'm going to have to remember the plot for this, aren't I? 
And I know that's a big ask because there's so much plot and none of it makes any sense. <laughs> Shannon, I can't remember what happened in this movie. She, hang on. So she, right. She beca- she gets a job working at the fashion place. Mm-hmm. Comes a girl boss. Girl boss, gate like gas keep. <laughs> And then finds out that the Baroness is wearing a necklace that belongs to what the woman that she thought was her mother. And was like, well, where did you get that necklace from? And then the Baroness is like, I stole it from a corpse. <laughs> I'm not even recounting my favorite bit here. I'm just trying to figure out what happens and when. And then she decides to live a double life of working for the Baroness and also being like, a banks the Banksy of fashion. Mm-hmm. So does a lot of Banksy fashion stunts. Mm-hmm. It involving pretending that dogs are rats and then setting rat like mouse control in the, the mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little the little chihuahua. They put in like a little furry suit and he runs around pretending to be a rat. Why was this movie so long? It was excruciating. It was the longest movie ever made. And then she turns, she puts, she sews a bunch of bunch of moths onto a dress. Yes. So that at the runway. Yeah, here we go. Here it is. Right. She's still she's stolen the Dalmatians that belong to the Baroness. Yes. And then at the fashion show um, that the Baroness is doing, they reveal that. Estella has sewn moths onto a dress and then when they open the vault the moths have eaten all the clothes and then fly out into the audience outside of the building Cruella is doing a fashion show with some crooks and people are like wow you're the Banksy of fashion and Cruella's wearing this Dalmatian dress and then the Baroness is like I can't believe it she's skinned my dogs and then later Jasper's like hey Cruella um, they're saying in the news that you killed those dogs and Cruella's like hmm it's not a bad idea maybe I will murder dogs from now on and, she, and then Jasper's like that's mean and evil and she's like I'm kidding Jasper but maybe it is weird because then like near the end because she doesn't kill the three dogs that the Baroness thinks she's killed she hasn't they're definitely alive at the end so Someone accuses her of killing the dogs and she says, like, if you want to make me your villain, I will happily play that role. So, like, is that meant to imply that she doesn't intend to skin 99 puppies in the original 101 Dalmatians? Because, like, that's the implication I took from that. Because, like, Cruella is portrayed as nothing other than a dog lover in the whole movie. Like, even the Dalmatians who killed her mother, she adopts at the end of the movie. Yes, after the, after the heist she does, because she uses the Dalmatians to... The Baroness finds out where Cruella lives, tries to set her on fire. She's saved by the butler, who then says, by the way, you were ordered dead as a baby, the Baroness is your mum. Cruella cries um, and then gets over it. And then goes 
to the Baroness's memorial party in memory of Cruella, the Banksy of fashion. Uh, pretends to die by jumping off a cliff. Yes. And then comes back. And he gets the Baroness arrested for her murder. And the dogs, the Dalmatians are involved. Yes, they're just... Because the Baroness sends the Dalmatians after her, and Cruella has, during the time of having kidnapped those three Dalmatians, has trained them. So she just tells them to sit, and they all just, like, sit down. And then she, like... The Baroness pushes her off the cliff, and a bunch of people see it. And the Baroness gets arrested for murder. And then Estella, who has, like, willed her inheritance, which is the Baroness's estate, to her dear friend Cruella. And I think this is as good a time as any to talk about the weird, like, alter ego situation in the movie. So the character is named Estella. And her mother says when she's a child and she does something mean your name is Estella not Cruella and then like when she goes to send her to school she's like remember like tell Cruella to stay away as though Cruella is this like alter ego personality and halfway through the movie she just becomes Cruella like a snap of the fingers and that's it that's the whole villain transformation that happens in like a half second and she loses respect for her friends instantly. She starts calling them imbeciles, which I'm glad that word came back. Oh, that was of course. Word from the uh, original movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and her posture changes, her accent changes. Yeah, it does. And it's both of them are bad, but the Cruella one is worse. She's got like a Joker sort of quality to her as Cruella, mm-hmm. but not in a good way. And then like. It's weird because, like, Jasper and Horace are then, like, she's treating us badly. We need to, like, cut ties with her. But then, like, she apologizes to them still as Cruella so that they then, like, continue to stay with her. So the the alter ego situation is confusing to me. Mm -hmm. Because they treat her like a fully different person. Yeah. I'd like to see what the script says. Yeah. Like, name changes. What was your favorite plot beat of like the, the 70 different plot beats? <laughs> there were so many plot beats. Um, similar to you, I love the bit where like the moths eat all of the Baroness's clothes and then all of the reporters on fashion for some reason go out to this like impromptu concert run by Cruella in a field. And I just thought it was really funny that that was, like, the depiction of, like, high fashion society in London. Um, That is just, like, a rave. Um, That's how it is in old London town. I enjoyed that. I also enjoyed the completely inexplicable conclusion to the movie in the form of the post-credit scene. Because it was... Yeah. Entirely nonsense. If you've watched the cartoon, you'll be... Oh, familiar with the main characters, Anita and Roger, the cartoon couple who own the dogs. Who then produce five puppies who are kidnapped by Cruella along with 94 other puppies of indeterminate origin to make a coat. Yes. They exist in the movie and have zero effect on the plot. 
So Anita is, because in the animated movie, Anita is Cruella's friend from school. And they don't say what school or how, because they seem to be like drastically different ages. And Anita seems to not have a career. Yeah, Anita, I guess, at like late 20s in the movie. And Cruella seems to be like 70 or something. Yeah. Um, So they make them the same age and make them friends from like, elementary school which i'm happy to see in the movie and anita's like a journalist and then roger is cruella's lawyer even though he's like a musician in the end of the movie (laughs) and also he's played by the same guy who plays nandor the relentless in the what we do in the shadows tv series which is fully endorsed by this podcast i think i'm fair to say that absolutely he looks ridiculous as roger though and like why not why not be why is a movie so afraid of making Roger a musician? Because there's music in too many songs, in my opinion. But just side note, they sing yeah. they play the, the song Car Wash, working at the car wash. <laughs> only belongs uh, only belongs in Shark Tale. That was the movie the song was written for. <laughs> That's the reason the movie. The song exists. Um but but they could have had Roger as like one of the musicians for one of the fashion shows mm-hmm. instead of a, an inconsequential lawyer. I do sort of wonder if they had more Roger and Anita scenes that just got cut. Mm, that's a, I mean, that's a fair point. I hadn't thought of that, but like Roger especially is in two scenes, one of which is the post credit scene. <laughs> what happens in the post credit scene, Shannon? <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so the two dogs in the original 101 Dalmatians, for those of you who don't remember, are called Pongo and Perdita. Perdita is owned by Anita. Pongo is owned by Roger. So in the post-credits scene, Anita and Roger both hear a ring at their doorbell and go to find, like, a big box that's black and white striped, and they open it up, and each of them has a slightly older than a puppy because they already have spots, Dalmatian, puppy... And they have a name on the tag. So Perdita and Pongo, which, by the way, implies because in an earlier scene, one of the three Dalmatians that Cruella um, erstwhile inherited from the Baroness, who is now in prison, there's a comment made that one of them is pregnant. Um, So it's implied by the movie that Pongo and Perdita are siblings who then mate and have five puppies. So like do with that what you will, Um, but they're given to like Roger and Anita. And Anita smiles and is like, ah, nice. A gift for my good friend, Cruella. And Roger is like, what the fuck? He's like, fuck this bitch and starts singing Cruella Deville on his piano badly. Yeah, because Roger writes the song Cruella de Vil, if she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Like the song from the animated movie is in the conceit of the animated movie written by Roger as a joke because he hates his wife's friend Cruella from school. But in in this movie, Roger has personal beef with Cruella who has fired him. And now has given him a dog for inexplicable reasons. And here's the thing. She doesn't fire him. She was indirectly the reason he got fired. So Cruella, I don't think, knows much about 
all the goings on. And then she makes a throwaway statement like, Roger always blamed me ever since for getting him fired, but it was because he was too bad of a lawyer. Right, because the Baroness fires him. Yeah. I had forgotten. You're totally right. So, so like, why do they have me? And like, it seems like Cruella and Roger might have conceivable interpersonal beef. But Anita and Cruella are friends, unless Anita was the one who gave away her location, which I don't think is true. No, I don't think she was, because Anita and Cruella seem to be on fine terms at the end. At the end, even though I, maybe that was the implication in the in like a first version of the script, though, because the Baroness does come to Anita's office and threaten her. But Anita doesn't fold in the version of the script they actually filmed. So what are the Yeah, you just like end with this really inexplicable scene of Cruella giving these two characters the Dalmatians. Because in the animated movie, the Dalmatians are the reason um, Anita and Roger meet. Mm -hmm. Um, The two Dalmatians meet at the park and then Anita and Roger uh, get friendly and then start get together this can't be Cruella's aim that doesn't make any sense like she has no idea they're gonna walk their dogs yeah they're both walking the dogs in Regent's Park in the cartoon and that's how they meet but I just I that's a gamble if that's her aim in giving them both dogs in in old London town you might not know this but it's the law if someone's got the same dog as you you've got to speak to them Oh, you have to. That's the rules in London, in old London town. In old London town. It's like if you're wearing the same shoes as someone, you're like, hey, you're wearing Stan Smith's. We've got to talk now. Oh, I see. I see. See, I'm unfamiliar with the rules of old London town because I've only lived in old Edinburgh town. <laughs> I'm, I'm not fully up to date with the rules of old London town, but I have been there a lot. And if you, if you have a dog that's the same as someone else's dog, you have to talk to them. So maybe this is Cruella's purpose in giving them both the same dog. But why? Why does she want... If she wanted Dalmatian puppies, she had two and then gave them away. And dogs have litters of more than two. So presumably she has several puppies. Mm-hmm. All incest puppies. Also, in the animated movie, Cruella wants the puppies immediately and then sees that they don't have spots yet and is confused. And Anita's like, their spots don't come in until later, which is true of real Dalmatian puppies. And Cruella's like, sweet, I'll come back and get them in like three weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if Cruella has three Dalmatians who have had puppies, she knows this. She knows this. So what is the purpose of her coming to try and like buy puppies off like if she wants to breed dalmatians she's got three of them why is she not doing that very large grounds because she's inherited the the estate of the baroness and right at the end before the credits uh, one of the crooks says what next cruella and she's like oh darling i'm just getting started winks at the camera like she's in the office and so that implies that this is part of like a big scheme is that what is the scheme (laughs) periodically through the movie as my partner and i were watching it we would be every time like some weird twist would happen one of us would be like and so i tried to skin 99 puppies (laughs) in order to try and make the plot 
makes sense as an origin story and literally nothing in the movie explains anything of her motivations for skinning dogs and i honestly think like when the early 2000s live action adaptation which generally i disliked explain this better yeah because she's just like into endangered animals furs (laughs) forbidden furs if you will um so she like kidnaps animals from the zoo and stuff in the backstory of the live action film and so it kind of makes sense anita's her employee too in that movie so it kind of makes sense why she's like i want dalmatian for um for my fashion magazine or whatever even though i think dog hair would make terrible coats oh yeah it would be horrendous. It doesn't stop Canada Goose. <laughs> That's the real Cruella. They take the coyotes. <laughs> I don't know why it's made you laugh. <laughs> yeah, it happens in real life. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But like that's the live action movie. Her motivation is like she's trying to one up herself in the fashion world, so she wants all these like forbidden furs. So like you kind of get why she wants the Dalmatians. Like it's not excusable, but you understand what her motivation is for yep. having them. But the Cruella movie just makes it make less sense. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot about these um, backstory movies or or stories so like you've got wicked and Mm -hmm. but wicked actually it's an origin story of the wicked witch of the west but also the the events of the wizard of oz happen in within wicked Mm -hmm. and then wicked lasts a little bit longer it kind of captures the sort of aftermath of, of the wizard of oz maleficent if my memory serves correctly has a prequel to Maleficent's life and also includes the events of Sleeping Beauty. Yes, I think it does. And this is where those two movies, well, Wicked's not a movie yet. Um, <laughs> it is that it's been cast. Ariana Grande's in it. Um, as who? <laughs> um, as, uh, <laughs> you know. Is it, is it Glenda? Yeah, people couldn't see what I was doing there, but I was just <laughs> flapping my arms around like I was generating a bubble. That's what I was trying to do. I was trying to make a bubble. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about now. Oh, yeah, Wicked. Maleficent and Wicked, we can debate whether they're called for or not, but they're a bit more, they make more sense because the motives of these villain characters are addressed. Mm-hmm. The events of 101 Dalmatians barely happen in Cruella, and that makes it incoherent. Yeah, I agree, because I think that I haven't actually seen the stage musical of Wicked. I've listened to the soundtrack. Um, I tried to read the book, and I hated it. Uh, that's why you didn't, you didn't get what I was trying to do, and I was flapping my arms around to make a bubble. 
Well, it's true. I read half the book. I honestly, okay, I'm doing a PhD in English. I'm going to do my comprehensive exams in Victorian literature, reading huge fuck off novels. And I still couldn't get through Wicked because I hate it. It's the most bullshit nonsense I've ever read. But the musical slaps. It does slap. But I've not had a chance to see it live, so I wasn't really aware of like what the plot actually covers. I just know the songs. It, um, does, it does cover. It assumes that you know what happens in *The Wizard of Oz*, but you know Dorothy is briefly there. You mm-hmm. hear oh, like you know the Scarecrow's origin story is there. So is the Tin Man. You know. And Maleficent, I saw in theaters, and I do think it's good. I like Maleficent. I don't know. I saw it in high school and I haven't seen it since, but I'm going to go ahead and say that I liked it at the time. Um, Because I do think it, like, tries to explain something. Cruella, like, actively tries to make you forget that she wants to skin 99 puppies. (laughs) Like, the movie is, is like, look at this belied girl boss. who has had these horrible things said about her as you're watching it you're like but you tried to kill 99 dogs (laughs) that you stole (laughs) like it's it's a very weird movie because it's like not trying to explain anything it's trying to make you forget the movie it's based on it just gives you more questions yeah i'm just left with like if she's a dog lover who has her own dog who's called like buddy or something and then this other dog called wink and has then adopted three dalmatians why do you want to skin 99 dogs and the, the bit that i said where she's like i'll pretend to be the villain if you want me to be i didn't actually skin the Dalmatians for my spotted coat makes me think that the implication of the movie is that she's saying she didn't actually do the thing she's accused of doing in the animated film. And I would respect the movie more if it started with her just saying that was a lie, you know, saying like the events of 101 Dalmatians are like propaganda against her and it's not true and this is the actual story like why not start like that you know yeah and have Anita who's a journalist and Roger who has legal training be putting a whole spin like a personality like uh what's the word um defamation that's the one that's the one yeah. trying to defame her because they have the training to do so but she's not actually had any beef with those people it doesn't make sense the it's- movie like consistently forgets that it's a prequel yeah <laughs> <laughs> did, did you were you inspired to be a girl boss um yes <laughs> <laughs> A hundred percent, it changed my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's an empowering movie, you know. Were you inspired to be a girl boss by Cruella? (laughs) (laughs) With a business acumen. (laughs) Yeah, and good outfits. The term girl boss is so funny to me. (laughs) I'm not a girl, not yet a girl boss. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what I think every time I see the see the word girl boss. Yeah, the term girl boss is the only term to be applied to critical analysis of Cruella. Like this, this is the ideal, right? That like she is a woman who is scorned by other women exclusively and must defeat them in fashion combat for some reason. You never call Banksy a girl boss. And we should. <laughs> Do you remember that Banksy we used to walk by on the way like down to Leaf in Edinburgh? And it just had like the plexiglass over it. No, what is with the balloon? Ah. I've been distracted by the re- most recent graffiti near this flat, which is this the words I hate Iceland. <laughs> the store of the country. It's near the shop. Oh, it must be the shop then. With that being said, there was, if you remember back in the year 2010, um, a volcano went off specifically, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pronounce it near, near enough correct as I can. I won points on a pub quiz for being able to pronounce that better than anyone else who was at the pub. So I've remembered it. That went off and all the ash stopped planes. And there was a popular YouTube video for a bit of, um, I think BBC News was doing a story at Edinburgh Airport talking to a family whose holiday had been cancelled because of the volcano. And this guy in the background walks past with a trolley and says, I hear Iceland. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's a reference to that and not like a hate crime against the country of Iceland. (laughs) Okay, did you know that... In, I think it was 1816, the year that the novel Frankenstein was written. Of course, that's how I remember that year. Was called The Year Without a Summer because a volcano went off and caused like uh, an atmospheric condition where it basically didn't get bright all summer. And that was the summer that Frankenstein was written, one of the best novels in the English language, Volcanic Eruption. So I think. We should thank Iceland. Yeah, we should thank Iceland for that, and we should thank them for the Eurovision Fire Saga movie. The, like, most undeserving best movie ever made. (laughs) Speaking of the quality of movies, or lack thereof, Shannon, do you think Cruella was cursed, blessed, or blessed? I gotta give it a full curse. A full curse? I didn't know... A a full curse. I honestly... Okay. Like, I think the fashion was blursed because the crew, Stella's fashion was very good, but everyone else's was terrible. Um, but I think the movie itself is fully cursed. I don't understand why it was made. It's not really a good origin story because it doesn't explain anything of her motivations for the actual film i think it's especially funny that she has this like beef with dalmatians killing her mother and then that's like erased by the end of the movie so it's like extra a bad origin story um yeah i'm gonna give it a full cursed like a hardcore one wow at least do you think that cruella was cursed blurst or blessed i think it's kind of a middling blurst you think it's a blurst why I had fun. <laughs> Explain. I was, I went in 
not expecting anything and I was delivered twist after twist after twist do you remember how I didn't like the print, print uh, the Christmas Prince one because it was predictable like a Hallmark movie but I mm-hmm. loved Prince two because of all the unexpected political intrigue mm-hmm. and the haughty Prince Simon <laughs> this discount is- Tom Hiddleston <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the same sort of thing that I, I expected. I know, I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't what I got. I was left baffled. I was left confused, bamboozled, and confuddled in my brain. And <laughs> it just sort of tickled my head a bit, tickled my brain cells. And it didn't send me to sleep. It, it kept me awake, if anything, in the same way as the most recent Jurassic Park. With the, <laughs> where they auction off the dinosaurs as war machines and as a little girl who's a clone of a dinosaur and if you think I'm making this up for a gag I'm not I'm watch not. a Jurassic Park episode watch <laughs> it listen to it I mean on the bus or something yeah so that's why I'm giving it a blast okay I think that's fair I think I'm still giving it a curse um I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as you I had a hard time getting to grips with this. <laughs> I enjoyed the last Jurassic Park more. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, our reaction to Cruella is a bit like a less extreme version of our respected rea- respective reaction to cats. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. I think that's very true. I had a really hard time with Cruella, but... Ultimately, I understand why you would call it a blurst. I understand um, why you call it a cursed. It was a bad film. It was a very bad film. And I think we differ on the level of enjoyment we derive from it. <laughs> and maybe maybe we'll be back in accord whenever we see Jurassic Park Dominion oh. to come out soon. And I looked at the cast list for Jurassic Park Dominion, and guess who's in this one again? Is it Nick Spider-Man? It's Nick Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> Watch our Spider-Man episode if you want to understand that reference. If you don't want to understand that reference, then go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to learn the actor's name. To me, in my heart, he's Nick Spider-Man. Yeah, he's going to be Nick Spider-Man forever. <laughs> and I don't think Nick Spider-Man's going to be in Spider-Man mcu and that upsets me yeah i don't think he will be he might be in into the spider-verse too though yes that would make possible well it's been nice doing this again yeah it has been it's good to update everyone on the 101 dalmatians multiverse (laughs) um and this extremely strange outlier in that multiverse I wanted to crown Cruella a spawn of Pennywise, but I feel like she just doesn't quite... She's not girl boss enough, you know? She's not quite there. She wants to be, but she's not. No, no. Hang on, we did call Sharpay a spawn of Penny. No, Sharpay is a stronger character than uh, Cruella. I think Sharpay is a very strong character. You know what Sharpay's motives are, which is to be the star of the musical theatre show? Yeah, and I don't understand Cruella's motivations at all. Because the movie that professes to be her origin story only raises further questions about why she wanted to kill 99 dogs. 
<laughs> and I just want to note that, like, when the Baroness had the Dalmatians as, like, her guard dogs, my partner and I looked up whether or not, like, Dalmatians would be good guard dogs, like, if people had trained them to be such, and, like, everything we found suggested that they would not be good guard dogs. <laughs> so they're just, like, really sort of hyperactive they're they're very intelligent dogs who can sometimes get very stressed if they're not like given enough enrichment but nothing suggested that they were aggressive (laughs) so that was like a whole journey I went on online I mean maybe one of our listeners will know Dalmatians better than I and will suggest that I am wrong it's, um, it's a bit like yeah. if you had a villain and like <laughs> their guard dogs were like golden retrievers. Yeah, exactly. Like why? And all these lovely little golden retrievers come bounding about. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no reason for this, not really. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got no explanation for Cruella, but I think. This has been really nice. I think this is a good like start to our re- reunion episodes. I think Jurassic Park Dominion will be another one. That, yeah, it's nice to sort of retouch on things we've spoken about before. And and with Eurovision, the people waiting for that, this sucks to be you, I guess. <laughs> we do this for listeners. We do this for us. I do care about my listeners. I care about my listeners our cousins yep. who listen to this podcast allison hi allison who's great hi allison um and everyone else who listens to this you're all like one big family thank you for listening all five of you we encourage you to, to form power social relationships with us please <laughs> when we become famous uh i'm gonna have to apologize for saying that because we don't want that no i'm sorry it's been done now it's been done it's too late but i think i think we can expect we can expect another reunion for jurassic park yes what is it five six it'd be jurassic park six (laughs) we can expect uh wasn't there a pinocchio on the horizon Yes, so Guillermo del toro who i did my master's thesis on is going to do a pinocchio um, so we got to do that. Um, I don't know when that's coming out, but Mm-mm. in the next couple of years. Again, um, I mean, there's Riverdale, but I don't want to touch that. I have stopped watching Riverdale. Cruella feels like something that they'd write in Riverdale. It really does. <laughs> It does. Did you know that in Riverdale recently, Archie has died by a human sacrifice? Wait, they killed Archie? I think it's in, like, a non-canon crossover verse, but I'm unclear. <laughs> Rest um, in Archie. I feel as though we will find other things. Things will emerge. They always do, especially when it's Disney. It's true. And the Timothy Chalamet, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory film that Netflix <laughs> is making for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and as we've been saying in, in private chats, 
Kristen Wiig is the answer to all of these remakes. Don't cast Timothy Chalamet. Cast Kristen Wiig as Willy Wonka as a little boy. <laughs> I mean, that's the only choice, really. Kristen Wiig as the Grinch. Kristen Wiig as Moby Dick, the whale. Yes, as the whale. He was called Moby Dick, right? Is that true? Yes, the whale is called Moby Dick. I think. I don't know. I study Victorian literature, not American literature. I don't know. Ah. Well, she can play the whale Moby Dick. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's just great. She should. She, she can do whatever she wants. And she should have been Cruella. Yeah, she would have been perfect as Cruella. Things would have made more sense. <laughs> You're right. Ah, so should, should we call it on our first reunion episode? I think we should. I think it's time. Um, thanks everyone for listening to our first reunion episode. There will be more. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will not promise when. <laughs> exactly like rate and if you want to subscribe on all of your podcasting apps apart from soundcloud 